the one, the only, the legendary Electra Mustaine. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. It's weird to do this because so we haven't spoken in ages. Have, have I we? know. It's a proper catch-up life. It's a proper catch-up life because you've been running around a million miles an hour. And I'm happy we get to do this because I know you've kind of got to go because you're in the middle of running like a wine business now. You've got your music career going. You're getting bucked off of horses. <laughs> How have you been? Let's start, let's start there. I've been very good. I've been really busy, but busy is good as long as it's productive. And I feel like I'm, I'm really building something. So that makes me very happy for my mental my, the way that my brain works is I have to be doing something protective at all times, which is interesting. Well, when we were together last, we were on stage at South by Southwest in Austin. Yes. You were so deep in the music. I'm assuming that as well as doing the music, you're doing other things at the moment as well. Like yeah. what, what's what's the life looking like for Electra Mustaine right now? Well, these days um, I am busy building the company House of Mustaine, which is our wine business, which is really exciting. I just became a certified sommelier which was like very long eight months training um but I wanted to know my craft and I have such a passion for what we're doing with the wine it's been really nice to kind of put my brain on that side of things as opposed to music industry and everything that I've grown up in everything that I'm used to and this has just been a really beautiful kind of new perspective on life really that I've learned and found there for people who have just heard the word sommelier. What <laughs> does that mean? What is it? <laughs> um, it's just somebody that knows a bit about wine. Really, I feel like I know less about wine now, but um, tasting... Is it one of those things where once you learn how wide the scope is, you realize... You how, know nothing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, when I passed the test, I, I was like, I know nothing now. It's, it's really like an onion. <laughs> so, so how does it work? You get you become a sommelier and then they give you a test and they say, drink this, tell me where the wine's from. So you're studying, you're, you're doing tastings all throughout and you have to analyze each wine you have to know the acidity the alcohol the body you have to evaluate everything about it you know explain the profile of it and then you have a master psalm who's my teacher who will then analyze my notes and tell me you're wrong you're right everything is kind of subjective but he'll basically see if I'm analyzing it properly which there is a right and wrong way of course and then you have to memorize like and learn just everything about the regions and where the wine comes from and how they grow and what they're susceptible to. And I mean, really a lot. It was a lot. But I was doing the tastings for all the eight months. I've tasted probably so many different wines now, which I love. It was very educational. And God, who doesn't love to do that? Um, and then at the end, you have a timed test. And you realize, I, I, I was putting it off for quite some time because I, I, I could have done it in less than eight months. It wasn't really – it shouldn't have been done in eight months. But I was traveling so much, obviously, so it took me longer and when I took the test, I was like, it's probably not going to be as bad as I'm thinking because I was putting it off. It was much worse. <laughs> it was much worse than what I was thinking. I got down right to the last. It was timed, the 45-minute mark, sent it in. My heart was racing, and it said that I passed, but I still was like, I don't know. I couldn't. I was out of my body. <laughs> it was like it's probably the most stress. rock and roll thing, though, to be a semantic. Like, that's cool. Thank you. What, out of interest, so, so let me have a think about this. So you're building House of Mustaine this is a business w- with you and the family at large all of you guys together yeah well it started I mean it is a family business it's all of us are greatly involved but it's really my mom and my passion and we do it right. together and we're like best friends so we just kind of we've done we've learned the business for many many years everybody else has their other things that they've primarily been doing and we've kind of primarily taken this over it's so cool so if you need people to test product obviously I'm here for you if you need <laughs> I will call you 100% House of Mustaine wine because I've seen it I've seen this I've seen yeah. the online store like because I, I was fascinated by one of the reasons why I'm, I'm loving having you on this podcast is 
it's it's obviously very much about music, but I think I'm really enjoying hearing about like the hustle element of what people do now in music because yeah. it's not like, and maybe it's fair to say like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's not like you nowadays you kind of have to just be in one lane just right. doing music, and you you're always someone I think of when. I think of like that that hustle element where you're making records, you're traveling around, you're you're obviously building various en- elements of the business. When we were speaking last, you were understanding a lot about like Web three technology and yeah. all that sort of stuff. On the priority list, like where where are things sitting for you? Is it pretty much focusing on the wine? Are you still making records? Like what's? Well, yeah, I mean everything. Everything for me, I try to prioritize based on my inspiration because everything that I'm doing involves creation, and you mm. have to be in a place of obviously inspiration, joy, and not out of pressure. So for me, the music, I was getting to a point where I've been in the industry so long, I was constantly, you know, being told, right, 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 right. And it was just coming out of a total, I mean, shutdown era of these last however many years that we were in. And so I was like, you know, my artist identity was not, it, it, it is not necessarily depicted by what I would have written in those days mm-hmm. because my artist identity, and especially because I'm, I'm not on album three, right? I would be coming out with a very, you know, what, my third, my third piece of work to the point where I, I didn't want to write something when I was in a place of a lull because my, who I am as a person, I really wanted to pick that properly and I, I need that inspiration. I get it from life because I've lived so much life in my short amount of time that I really want it to be accurate to who I am. I think that's important. Why do you, why do you feel that's challenging? Because I've heard this from other creators, but why do you feel that it's challenging to get that right? Well, I think I'm such a complex person that it's a constant internal struggle of, Oh, is this how I want to be perceived? And, And at the end of the day, you have to realize it's not on you to be how you want to be perceived in a way you have to be true to yourself but they're going to perceive you how how they're capable of anyway so you eventually the song has a life of its own as well and you have to steward that well and write and and let art live and have a life of its own as well but for now my inspiration I'm I'm really having to focus on this business because it's time sensitive so I'm trying to also build you know the means for myself and have a different kind of platform in a way that I'm building out of passion with this wine that I can then use, you know, in however it pans out, but whatever way possible for the music. Why are you a complex person? <laughs> oh God, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I. Why don't you unpack that? One? Oh God, let's unpack that. Um, I kind of grew up in like dueling worlds, really. In, in dueling worlds. Dueling worlds, yeah. You mean that to say like fighting? for what your attention fighting for your just two very different worlds very like they should not go together basically I was kind of a small town girl but I grew up with this global experience in a rock star household and I was just like you know they're very conflicting and, and it doesn't really make sense how it all worked out for me but thank god it did I think it was really like kind of a miracle that I didn't end up like most people probably who are children in Hollywood or whatever in the public eye yeah, it's interesting that you that you still say that it's like a conflicting. Like, did you, did you feel like when you were being brought up, and for people listening, your you know your dad? Do you want to tell a little bit of the story about your dad because he's obviously quite the yeah. quite a hero in yeah, our, yeah, in yeah. our world. <laughs> yeah, um, my my dad is an amazing, incredible legend in his field. He's um, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth in you know heavy metal legend, all the things, which is a lot to live up to. Um, 
but I, I was really, I wasn't sheltered, but at the same time I had a really good childhood. And at the same time I had a really hard childhood. So there's, it, it, de- it depends how you want to look at the coin because there are two sides. And as a whole, I think that everything can be a good experience that you can learn out of it and experience is what you need most. But um, just your childhood in general, I think shapes a lot of who you are, whether for the good or bad, or hopefully for the good, even with the bad, the bad teaches you good, so. Why, where does your mind go when you talk about things being rough? Because like you say, those experiences and those things that are difficult when you're growing up are what make you as capable as you are today. So, you know, right. everything is, is two sides of the same coin. But do you, are there things, times that you look back and go, yeah, that was really tough. Like what, tell us a bit about those. Well, on one hand, you know, I got to travel the world. I grew up like on a tour bus basically and had all these crazy experiences. I had mostly adult friends as a young girl. They were all like the roadies and the troogs. <laughs> were like my, my, my buddies was and my pals. Did they take care of you? Like yeah. It? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And I was very like protected anywhere we'd go. I mean, we would be walking around in public, but I always had like a, like four roadies like with us and they were my friend, you know, it was, it was fun. Um, but at the same time you think as a kid, you're, you are deeply affected by things. Even if now you look back and it's maybe looks more small, but my dad was not home very often. I'm a very, like, I'm a daddy's girl. I'm, I'm very close to him. Him and I are very similar and we understand each other very well. So I really, it was hard for me to understand that at a young age, like just why he had to do his work and why my dad had long hair and everybody else's didn't, why the kids made fun of me because he had long hair, why, you know, even in high school, everybody, everybody gave me crap. Everybody, you know, picked on me and said, who do you think you, oh, you think you're better than us just because your your dad's famous. And it's like, no, I, I really, really didn't. But I knew that I didn't want to end up where I was and just stay stagnant. That's like my biggest fear in life is, is not finding and fulfilling purpose and having just that stagnant, like contentment almost in a healthy do, way. Do you, do you line those up next to each other when you think about being younger, you know, your your dad's this kind of international hero. This was really, I can only imagine how much he must have had to be away, especially at that time. Yeah. Why do you think the next thing you go to when you're laying that out is like, uh, as a kid, your dad wasn't around a lot. And then the very next thing is, I feel like I have to keep moving. I have to keep achieving. Do you know what I mean yeah. by that? Do you, yeah. Is there some alliance there in, in those sentiments for you? Well, he was very... I mean, a huge inspiration for me. I, 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 we all, our whole family has a huge drive. Like we got a lot of horsepower behind us and achieving and all that stuff was just, it feels good. We do it. I think because something, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's our DNA. I wrote that in my song, but there's something inside of us that we want to do more with our lives. And I think when you do have a lot, there has to be something greater that, and I, I think that just leads us to what we want to accomplish. And, and, it's not just business. We're not just making another business. We really want to create and uphold this legacy because my dad came from a really tough background. Like he was homeless. He was abused. You know, he drugs, sex, rock and roll, all that crazy stuff. Like that was his world. And I think that even my mom, my mom is an absolute badass. She came from a rough side of things as well. Your mom is a badass. She is. (laughs) And she's my best friend. And I've learned so much from them and, and, you know, kind of built off of their wisdom, which I think it's so important to learn from parents, especially parents like mine who have so much world experience to the point where they they were, they didn't think they would be good parents because they didn't have any examples of like that perfect house. And I'm so glad that we didn't have that yeah. because I don't think you can learn unless you have 
you know, kind of a bit of not not a real clean slate in things. You have to have those experiences. And, and they never sheltered us. We would go to rehab centers and, I mean, see the worst of that industry. As little kids, we were never sheltered. But one thing that they always taught us was, you know, obviously my mom and dad didn't want us to end up like how my my dad has a very open drug history, obviously. It's all over the Internet, but they didn't want us to end up like that. And so it was it was more a matter of I want to show you like partying and all this other crazy stuff looks fun at the head, but you have to see the tail. And so even at like nine, 10, 12 years old, we would see these, you know, recovering addicts or rehab centers and, and make a decision for ourselves. I mean, that's pretty heavy to deal with it at nine yeah. years old. But I'm so glad, like I had a, the thing is, is I had a good background and perspective on things because I was raised with really strong, I guess, values. You could say like my parents were never, oh, everything's fine. Like, don't look over here. They would always explain things like an adult. And mm. and I didn't have other like kid friends really. So everything was rational. You, you learn to have your own rationale and really think for yourself at a young age. You have to, because you have to know who you are. And so that was like our main, just kind of like the main point of what we were raised on is like know your identity because when you grow up in a world of fame and all these people you have to know who you are you'll fall for anything and they'll tell you who you want you'll just become whatever they want Mm. and that is a dangerous road it's and it's also really good advice i actually love the way you kind of package that up because i can only imagine what it must have been like being that young and being exposed to such like realities because i think that the instinct as parents um, or, or I, I can only imagine what it must have been like for your parents thinking, what direction are we going to take here? Are we going to basically try and lie and pretend and put this big sheen up? Or are we going to be like, no, let's just go on. And maybe in some ways you probably grew up quite quickly because of that. And I that kind of yeah. armed you quite well for being capable to handle your shit, really, because yeah. you clearly are doing amazing things already and you're just getting started. And maybe it's because of that element of being hardened to to the reality of how like messed up the world can be. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that we don't give kids enough credit of their minds. I mean, their minds are really like pretty keen. And I think that society as a whole would probably do better if we didn't make it seem like everything's hunky dory and like life is easy because it's not. And you have, you have to go there and people are so afraid to go there and they don't want to step on anybody's feelings and emotions. And it's like, how about you get a hold of your feelings and emotions, have self-awareness, self-control, and really, like, understand. Like, understanding is huge. And I don't think people strive for that enough. Like, it's it's kind of like a lost, or it's becoming a lost art, which really makes me sad. That's why I read a lot of books, because I'm like, I feel like this is not online. You can't get this type of, you know, substance online nowadays, which is sad. So, And, and also, you know, my, both my parents have background in martial arts. So my children's books were Aesop's Fables. <laughs> I mean, really, I still have the book. And, um, you know, it was always these little metaphor. I always say my dad was like Socrates. He'd always give me these little wise words and, and we'd have to think, OK, what does that mean? So I really am. I'm really thankful. It's very unique. I don't know many parents that raise that way. I don't even know if I would, you know, be able to do that. My dad is a very interesting mind. He's a very, very wise person. But there's so much that you can give somebody out of that. And, and they always said, you know, they want their ceiling to be my floor. So I've, I've, my brother and I both, I mean, I'm a huge dreamer, like unrealistic dreamer. (laughs) People make fun of me when I, I used to put on, um, these songwriters retreats and they were like internet. I was 16 hosting 30 songwriters I'd never met before international songwriters retreat. I'd get sponsors somehow and all these other like funding for it. 
And we would go and do these retreats in these like mansions in Greece and Scotland. And it's crazy. Like, who? what am I doing? And it was funny because the writers, some of them came up to me and they're like, you know what, Alexa, there's something so funny about you. You dream so big, but it's and you don't think anything of it. But somehow it always works out for you. And I don't know if it's like living in denial, but it's like living in truth. Really, you create what you want. So many people have put things like that together in the sense where they don't know how complicated something is necessarily but because they just want to make it happen sometimes it's that simple like it's almost the resonance you know i'm not i'm not too good with like the whole manifestation thing but i understand the idea of positioning yourself in a way where every action you make or every communication you're having is in in resonance it's like in phase with the result and it's like maybe being 16 having the upbringing that you'd had where you've seen how challenging things are and how real stuff gets. It's like, yeah, maybe I can do a writing camp in a mansion with a bunch of people. And it just wasn't, didn't occur to you that that was hard to do. So like, fair play to you. Like, what what crazy dreams have you got now then? What are you going to, what what you, you there's constantly them every day. I am, I'm a big literal dreamer. Like I have like probably five dreams a night. Super weird. See, I'm jealous of that. Do you not dream? No. So I, I, I do and I've just got into I've just been trying to like work on those lucid dreams you know what I mean by that like uh-huh. where you kind of dream but you're aware you're dreaming uh-huh. because I went f- through a phase of a couple of years of my life where I just didn't dream at all so now I'm trying to do the whole like dream journal trying yeah, to remember yeah, yeah, things yeah. and yeah. like I'm getting there slowly but I'm I'll, you know I'm jealous that you get to dream five times a night That's sometimes I wake up sweating I'm like god I wish so I didn't dreams, work or? so hard no it's like <laughs> doing something exhausting in my dream I'm like my body doesn't know that I'm dreaming but it is funny like I don't know. I think I think subconscious. There's a lot to the subconscious mind, and when it comes to just fulfilling things in life, you have to really. I don't know. You just have to. You just have to realize that you can do anything you want. It doesn't matter your circumstances because there are people that have done it and that have gone before you. And done it. my dad was homeless at one point. I mean, he came from very very poor. His mom was a maid. Obviously, everybody has situations. I'm blessed, and he worked so that my brother and I didn't have to start like he did. But it's what you do with it once you have it. It's how you steward that, you know, I guess you could call it privilege. It's how you it's how you steward it and what you do with it and how you build from there to create a better world, a better future, to, to maintain the legacy. Like, that's what we're doing with House of Mustaine is, for me, it's about building a legacy, which wine is perfect for I mean it lasts it really really lasts and there's so many values in it and you learn to take things slow you learn to rely on things greater than yourself because wine's not a recipe you know what I mean like it's not like beer what what do they say they say beer is made by men and wine's made by God like it really is nature you know you have to some years it's just it is what it is but I just think that it's important to take everything that you do have and you know, provide for your employees or your your generations to come or build, you know, kind of like sustainability we're really into. And my whole family, God, that's a whole other topic, but we're all like very organic. And so we're trying to, we're trying to build a sustainable model and approach for the wines and stuff, because I think that's, again, like building for the future and planning ahead. But do you, do you feel a lot of pressure because you are building such a legacy because it's an extension of the family name? Like, do you feel... It's funny because I I've I have felt pressure within the music industry, but doing this I don't. I feel like interesting. I feel so inspired and I like I get it. I have such a grasp for it and an affection for it that which I'm not to not to say that I don't for music. I 100% do, but it's like 
it's something completely new, which, which inspires me so much. And I'm forging like with my mom and the rest of the family, of course, but like we're forging something completely new where we've never gone before, but we are maintaining the legacy and there's not any shoes to fill, which is nice and refreshing for me because that's always been like a big shadow and weighs, almost like tries to weigh you down. You just have to look at it from a certain perspective, but no, it's exciting. Where I align with what you're saying there is for for a lot of people uh, who listen to this podcast, like I have kind of two uh, lives that I live because I, I run the online agency side and then I have the music side. And when you, when you were saying how there's pressure, but it's different, it's like in the music industry, when you are creating, like you're making music that didn't exist before, it's like an expression and, it, and an exposure of your soul. You put it out to the world. 99% of the time, things go badly. 1% of the time, things go really well. Right. It's such a deeper pressure. It's such a deeper, like, nerve touching because it's you you're you're the product exactly so it doesn't surprise me at all and i think that because you have such a great attitude towards music and your work ethic is there it's like that i think is also what i'm really lucky it set me up really well for it and i have a different element of how i look at my business it's less stressful in some strange way it's because i can understand it it's maths it's logic it's one plus one equals two and and similar for you which is why i think you know, the future of the House of Mustaine. I know it's already doing amazingly well, but I just think the future of it's really exciting to watch with you kind of pioneering that. And I and I think that uh, sometimes it's good to have a little bit of pressure, but obviously yeah. with, with what you guys are doing, yeah. hopefully it's not too much. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. You, I, I don't want to be sediment, and, and I, I love the buzz of it all, mm. you know, with, with work and just, I mean, creating things in general. That's my artist's soul. So... Yeah, there's pressure. I mean, believe me, we just had to, um, <laughs> we were up against the clock with our labels. We had to have our winemaker, we had them picked up like hours before his flight to Italy and he had to walk them on the plane because they weren't going to make it there. And it was just like, you know, but I mean, this is how it got. And it's it's kind of fun, like, because I'm used to growing up in such a crazy mm. music industry world. I mean, you have, you have 10 minutes to get out the door of the hotel and on the bus or you're getting left behind. <laughs> like, I've come from that. So I think it's important to have that, but also, you know, keep that um just keep the joy of it all because you can't you can't you really can't create art especially with music when if it doesn't come from a place of joy the joy of creating it doesn't have to be oh i'm writing joyous songs you know you can create from sorrow all the other emotions too but it's the same with the wine like the fact that you've been out there learning that craft to such an extent i mean how does it, it even work? So do you kind of like pick the blend or you, the vineyard? Like, how does it even work? I've got no idea <laughs> how making wine even functions. So we we kind of like, we thought of this because we got into it by accident. Okay. Um, We had... And, and who started it? Was it your dad's idea? Was it your, your so mom's idea? So I was underage, right, right when okay. it started. And so my mom and dad, he was, he was playing the symphony in San Diego. And it was like... Droogs. Droogs is what we call our um, like Megadeth fans. That's like okay, his, cool. his nickname for them, by the way. Um, so it's like metalheads and symphony ticket holders, gowns, leather jackets. And we were like, well, my parents thought this. What, how are we going to get them all to like co- coexist and like have a great night? Like we yeah, need yeah. something that everybody can come together on and relate to. And, and we're like, everybody drinks wine. To, like wine has no barriers in a sense. So it doesn't matter what, you know, like where you come from. So... They were like, let's make a social lubricant and, and make wine. And we lived across the street from a winery. And so they like got on their little John Deere Polaris thing or whatever. 
drove their four-wheeler over to the winery and were like, hey, can we make a wine with you guys for this event? It's coming up, like, very quickly. Well, it sold out in, like, two hours, crashed the website, this whole thing. And then they thought at the end of the night, oh, crap, like, maybe maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to make this a thing. And from there, I mean, that was – we've been in business, like, nine or ten years now. So from there, I began to get involved. I began to have a passion for it because – it's so experiential and the travel aspect of it and the people that you meet and all the stories. That was what I loved most about growing up on tour was you meet so many different people with interesting backgrounds and cultures and they have a totally different view on life. And it's just so interesting to hear. So basically how, how we do it at House Mustang now is we go to the best regions or the up and coming regions of the world and we have vineyards there that are our own and we get rocks. We call them our rock star vines And so uh, we work with really, really amazing, established or undiscovered winemakers that we just, we love what they do. There's something about them. They have a story and they're very, very good at it. So we've, we've met several of them now and we're really excited. We have tons of collaborations coming up that I can't say, but so we kind of go to the, like the best regions of the world and we're kind of like an international winery because this is who we are. Like we don't yeah, want to just stay in one place yeah. and make wine. And does that make, does, does that make the wines different yeah. each time? Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. that though. So, and, and each area, like obviously they, certain things grow in Italy that don't grow here or vice versa. And, you know, we plan to open up different regions in different countries all over the world. That's kind of like our goal. That is our goal. That's it's so like cool. we want to yeah. just go all over and it was funny because we were at like this wine expo and everybody here's house of mustaine first of all they see it's such a great name as well thank you it's it's (laughs) a very good name yeah i mean it definitely has a legacy aspect right and our family crest is our logo it's like a whole thing but but we went there and they saw nashville on our badges and wine doesn't grow in nashville really you know they're like oh what is they're all like you know and a lot of the older wine people were like oh my god we're not going to talk to them and we're like don't you worry like we're gonna make it there one day and and it's funny because we've been on the other side of this so long like people always want to come up and talk to you and like oh they're the mustaines or it's megadeth family you know yeah and for once we were like everybody was like shitting on us because we were like who are we they were like nobody in the wine world so they thought because it said nashville but right now we've opened up italy we've opened up california south coast where we've started and now we're having like an event space in nashville which my mom and I are going to create blends out of, and obviously we'll have like expert consultant winemakers helping us, but I really am like encouraging her, like we should try to make our own blends ourselves and see how it goes. Yeah. So I just think, how are you finding time to do other things? Like, are you, are you, because it's, it's so clear to me, you know, obviously we've known each other for a little while, but like you're so infused with the passion for this and you're like obviously running a thousand miles an hour at it. What what do you feel is going to be happening with like your your music career at the moment moving forward? Yeah. Are you just deciding to say I'm going to keep trying to make records on the side, or are you saying I'm just going to have to focus on this for some time and then go back to making music afterwards? Or it's a bit of both. I've I've still been writing, and actually, it's changed my writing. I've noticed. I could imagine. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to try to build a studio in the in the vines. I'm going to go live in Italy for probably like less than six months or so, but during the season. And I think I'm going to find a lot of peace there and lots of inspiration. So I'm definitely going to keep writing there. I've been working with some other artists on some collaborations that just come up as they go. Um, But I'm like learning Italian. I wrote a, I wrote a hook that had like 
a few different languages in it. So yeah. it, there's been a little bit of like there's been some flares still happening. But I, well, think I think also it's it's the other side of the brain that needs to come out as well. If you get right. too entrenched into the business, into the one plus ones is twos, you, right. you start to I mean, at least I do. I start to get a little bit like mentally constrained and then everything comes out the other end. Right. I feel like you need to just like let go like you grip on mm. something oh I, I have to make it I have to do this I have to create a hit song I have to have it sound like this all this other stuff so that's what I'm doing right now is like okay let go mm. and then have a healthy grasp on what you're trying to do you know do it do it from a, a good place when you're ready and right now I feel like what I am focusing on like obviously I have to do this I have to do this business and build it we have a it, I mean it's a, it's got a timeline so why do you keep like I'm just curious why do you keep hinting that it has a timeline like what's the what's the ticking time bomb there for you is it a personal thing that you're saying or is it there's multiple aspects I feel like it would be very hard to explain I mean wine is seasonal for one there's a there's I just see that it's a window right now of opportunity and we just want to we have to go through it we have to utilize it my my mom is very skilled in one side of how like how we work together as a unit and I'm that other side and so I really want to tee this up because but like what is it that that you mean teeing teeing up in the terms of like breaking the brand into the market at the right time are you trying to get like a big order like how it's it all the things I mean it's like the world is changing the 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 demographics are t changing the locations that we're in are changing we're in a moment where where we are right now is up and coming. We don't want to miss that window. Mm. We've got all the right people around, and it's so I mean, it's timing is everything. So it's time to strike now. Yeah. So you're you're kind of fully focused on the house yeah. mustang as as you develop it moving yeah. forward. But at the same time, I I I have been writing, of course, and I think that House of Mustang will somehow. Um, there's actually a lot of music industry people that are in secretly in the wine business and where I'm going. One of the one of I don't know who it is, but there's lots of rumors of, you know really amazing producers that are like oh this guy lives over here and does it and you're like what i didn't and you're talking about in, in, italy. in italy yeah, yeah. cool that's some of the best wine like you're at, i'm sitting at the best winery and they're like oh yeah so and so and so and i'm like Whoa, no way like i'll probably end up meeting tons of interesting people that are just like in italy or in spain or in argentina or wherever and i want i want to connect with international music people as well i think that's so fascinating to me i've always wanted to do that too mm. but Right now, I think that House of Mustaine could provide a platform. And because, because I don't know how. Like, I really don't know how yet. I'm not there. <laughs> but I think nowadays with TikTok and how to break an artist and all that stuff, it's like, what are you going to, I mean, you have to go a different way. You, I, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know. For me, I've decided I think I have to go a different way mm. and go and find a new way about this because it's just, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's striving. Like it just feels like it's striving. In what way? Where oh, you have to put out how many videos a day on yeah. TikTok, and and then when you're as soon as your song is not at the right numbers or whatever, the music industry is very harsh, and I've known that forever. I've grown up with all the people that are the harsh ones in the music industry too. Mm. But I just know that it's changed from the times of when my dad broke or when some of these great artists have have you know, become successful or at their peak, it's very different now. And instant gratification. I mean, you're only as good as your last song. It's all this other stuff. It's very transitional, isn't mm -hmm. it? And I think that in your dad's era, it was such a huge undertaking to work a catalogue properly and work a record properly 
And now it's very much like once something pops, stick some cash in it, make make some make a few dollars, and then on to the next yeah. thing, and on to the next thing. And that transitional and an almost transactional way that things are are put together, yeah. I find it strange. And it's interesting you hit on that. I was had a podcast not too long ago um, with a guy called James Hill, who was who was like a creative who ran an agency, and he said something really interesting to me. And he said, "We're now in the era where where artists are serving platforms." And I was like, oh, that's, that is it. Like, it's, it's like you're, so you're now at the point where if you are not creating like whatever the fuck, seven TikToks a day and you're not yeah. creating reels and, and so you're, you're either serving that machine and then probably having a chance of winning and doing all right out of it or you're not and then you're basically out of the game. Yeah. And it's just it's so clever yeah. how, they've, how they've done that yeah. to monetize attention Or you so got to well. create a new way, you <laughs> yeah. know? I, I mean, everything comes around. But for me and just <laughs> my inner dna and i think my dad was the same way obviously maybe it's a mustaine thing too but like i don't want to go i don't want to do what the system wants me to do period yeah so that's that's i don't know how it's going to happen yet but i think that there'll be an opportunity for me to come out in a in a, a different way with you know the the songs that i am happy with every, everything just mm. feeling right and it doesn't have to be perfect god we would never ever create or release anything if it had to be perfect but I just think that I think there I I, I don't want to fall into the system. I don't want to be a number. I don't want to be a 360 deal. I mm. don't want to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I have too much background of the industry to yeah. not listen to the things that I've seen or learned. Well, I'm excited to watch all of it happen. I mean, it's nice to actually do this genuine catch up, by the way, because totally. we I know you were in a rush and I know that you're actually going to be running off to do some some stuff pretty soon. Yeah, we ha we actually have a Twitter space that NFT thing that we're doing yeah <laughs> so that's what i'm like gonna go set up well i mean Dude. i know we i know the the the, the clock is ticking and i, and I want to touch on that as well because um there was a there was a couple of things i wanted to say as well because i know we haven't spoken in a while but the moment that you were talking about your parents really resonated with me you know when you were saying how they probably didn't know you know kind of what they're doing and mm. it resonated because i haven't told you i'm having a baby oh boy. my god congrats yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So I'm so excited because when you were when you were talking, there, I was thinking to myself, "Oh my god, that is exactly that's how I feel." Because yeah. because no one does, and all I and then I'm sitting there thinking, "God, she's got such a good point." It's like, do you <laughs> want to protect children, and do you want to like not tell them stuff, or do you just want to be honest and open? And it's like that yeah. that was an interesting like part, and you you know, I think I vouch for what you're saying about yeah. being being really honest. But yeah, I mean, obviously, don't be like don't be irresponsible. 